Once upon a time, they were streaking in the hood together when BAM! With passion growing like bacteria on those agar plates, they realized they were both fed up to voting 40 hours of their work week pretending to be fine. So, why stay so bram negative? Okay, okay, relax. It wasn't that kind of hood, and there was no real streaking happening. But honestly, you're fucked up, I'm fucked up, we're all fucked up, so let's just talk about it. Join us as we eagerly expose the harsh reality of life while focusing on the controllable and kicking mental health stigma in the ass. Welcome to The Positive Pessimist with me, Gabrielle. And me, Jordan. All right, everyone. Hello. Yeah. Welcome to week three. Week three. (laughs) We're here officially. Heck yeah. Yes. So we're currently on Luca's floor because he is laying down on Mun Cream's bed. So we are on the floor right now. And And I feel like we're yelling, even though we're talking into normal volume. I know. And you keep telling me, like, speak up. (laughs) In my head, I'm like... Usually you're telling me. I know. And in my head, I feel like I'm literally screaming right now. But okay, here we are. To everyone tuning in on Monday, thank you so much. Yes. And let's... First, we have to address before we get into anything. What are we going to address, Gabby? Yeah, I desperately need to say this because it has been irritating me for a little, not irritating me, but it's been on my mind. So I don't know how to react when people make little comments about the podcast, like at all. People like, oh, the podcaster is here. Or, oh, <laughs> like just stuff like that. I just don't know what to say. I just, I blank out and I'm like, oh yeah. And then I sound so unthrilled Pissed about my off. own thing. that I just feel like an asshole. So, so yeah. I told Gabby we needed to address this because at work, I heard someone come up to her and say something about the podcast. Oh like and i'm like having a different conversation and i just hear gabby going uh <laughs> like gabby yeah you can't groan and grunt when you're talking about the podcast <laughs> or else people are gonna think that you don't want to do it okay, you're not like proud so of it in my defense she didn't hear the whole thing i did say before like oh yeah but it's just and then i told her the comment that the person said to me and she was like oh yeah i guess i wouldn't know what to say to that either so that's why i'm saying what do we say like we're really bad at self-plugging guys yes, <laughs> so if you because, know us in real life it's a little awkward for us right and i'm not so we are very proud of this i'm super proud of this and my thing is is if people say oh i want to talk to you about your project or oh i love what you're doing then i have a different response like thank you so like, oh, much thank like, you yeah yeah they like, just say like right but it's just when people make those weird comments that we don't just, know what to say back yeah. even I, I don't really know either right because i'm really bad at like pumping myself up all right because then there's the other side of me that is thinking just like okay so do i say have you heard the podcast and if they say no then i just stand there and sing like oh, oh okay, okay. <laughs> like we don't know if you're like 
making fun of us <laughs> right because i also i'm not one to like push anything on people like i just don't want to like oh yeah we don't want to force anyone to listen. yeah so like if you don't want to listen you don't want to listen but so it's just those comments that i don't know what to say so if somebody has something good that i can say back to these people with these one hit comments let also me know. if it was you that made a comment and gabby groaned we both apologize <laughs> yeah it's not at the it's not at the podcast it's at just kind of being uncomfortable with the fact that number one people are knowing things about me now which is a little scary right but number two how much i'm putting myself out there so it's just a lot of things and also usually at work i don't draw that much attention to myself about like personal yeah. life stuff so it feels very personal to me so when people bring it up i'm like oh yeah. <laughs> anyway now that that's addressed <laughs> yes so what are we talking um, about we're gonna talk about jeanette mccurdy's book i'm glad my mom died and admittedly this is the first book that i've read in quite some time like <laughs> quite some time years years which is saying something it's a really good read yes um it was it was an easy read it was surprisingly witty and lighthearted, even though it was a super sensitive subject um if you haven't read this book it's a memoir written by jeanette mccurdy who is known mostly for her role as sam puckett on iCarly, which is super super popular show on nickelodeon yeah so i'm just gonna give everyone like a quick summary if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about and just because like we want it to be relevant even if you don't know who um, she is jeanette mccurdy is or this book or iCarly or whatever so we do want to say though that we might be like a little biased like how powerful this was just because we did watch iCarly like we grew up on it it was a show that was kind of like a tween little comedy show on Nickelodeon like the late 2000s um and we didn't know that she was going through any of what she was evidently going through so this was like shocking to us and a lot of people um so in this book uh Jeanette kind of explains everything she went through before and after her mom um died because of cancer and basically this is like a laundry list of stuff like there's so much straight up trauma that Jeanette goes through like physical emotional abuse multiple eating disorders um not being able to make her own decisions not only regarding going into acting but also like simple everyday tasks like bathing herself her mom would literally bathe her up until the age of 17. so although Jeanette has now lost her mother to cancer the impact that she had on her life was so great that Jeanette is like still trying to discover who she actually is outside of who her mom was telling her she was. And she's trying to get over all that trauma, either if it was like directly or like, you know, a decision she made because she didn't want to disappoint her mom. Right. Yeah. And the purpose of doing this is for us to share what our key takeaways were from this book. Um, so you can expect us to just discuss the parts of the book that illustrated that message directly to us and how we're going to carry these messages over into our own lives. Um, at the very end, we'll discuss our overall ratings on the book, how we felt about it, um, and just some of the stuff that we didn't love that kind of affected that rating a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, so in I think what we mean by key takeaways is just like the lessons that we took as like the most powerful from the book yeah for sure um so really really quick before we get into all that um obviously this will have some spoilers if you are planning on reading it it's a super popular book so that's why we're trying to do it while it's so relevant so you might have heard it that's the goal we just 
we don't want to dissuade you from reading the book on your own. We just want to help you get some key points out of this hot nonfiction piece if you don't plan on reading it. Yes, yeah. But um, bef- yeah, before we do that, uh, let's get into our own little segment, which is you had new- one job. Yes, this yes. is a new segment that we decided on last week. So this yes. is our second time doing it. Yep. It's called You Had One Effing Job. Yep. <laughs> so... There will be more to come with this, but um, Jordan, your job was car, your make model. How do we do? So I'm struggling. Okay. okay. Gabby can attest to this, but yeah. Um, yeah, I've just still not done that much research on it to the point where I feel comfortable making a conclusion. And I actually like, I know this is going to be because I'm like so perfectionistic. Like I know this is going to be more time consuming than you're putting it out to be yeah just a week mm-hmm. and i just think like because i'm struggling this week i'm um, just being real with everyone i think that i want to just do like a simple task just to get that like <laughs> at least like momentum going that i can do something yeah like and then feel accomplished you know what i mean yeah so i'm gonna change this just for this week i want i do want to go back to the car but um this week, I want to make it just this bill that I have to pay from the ER. Um, oh, okay. when I literally like forgot the that it was in my room bill. and I just saw it again. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I haven't paid this yet. Like literally just a small thing like that, I think would make me feel better. So okay, I think cool. it's easy. I think that's what I want to make my one job for next week. No, I like that. I sometimes will like write a list of things for my day, like just small things that I have to do because it just makes me feel better to check them off i just feel more accomplished even if Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know like putting the dishes away right but you just feel better checking it off so okay i like that (laughs) i like that a lot um so mine was kind of getting my life back in order my budget kind of planner stuff like that just whatever and and how'd you do i did well awesome yep so hear it i did some spreadsheets Mm -hmm. for like my meal planning as far as like we're talking about like excel yeah (laughs) yeah i went in it didn't take me that long and also just want to put out there i am not like an excel like masterpiecer like mastermind yeah like i don't know masterpiece we were just talking about how like when we're hearing our audio back we're like Like, why couldn't i think of that word in the moment yeah it's like why the fuck did i use that so whatever if you want to use masterpiece or one day do it (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah not great at excel but i did do them it took me and not that long and i made one for meals so that I can figure out like my meals every day, like breakfast, lunch, dinner, and then like right next to it, put the groceries down. So that's kind of two things in one. And then I did one for my bills for the rest of this year and all of 2023, just on one sheet. Oh my God, 2023? Yeah. So my thing (laughs) is- You're going to have to show me this. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I will. Maybe I'll post them. So my thing is, I love a good planner system with like folders and whatnot, but then because I'm only looking at the one month, I'm just like, uh, whatever. But if I see mm. the full year, I just think of, I, car- I compartmentalize it differently. So I think that's my new thing is I need to see the bills for the full year. Oh, wow. Instead of just the month. I don't know. 
maybe i'll go back to the month like super organized yeah so we'll see but so this week coming up i am just going to focus on like putting those into place getting a good grocery list for this week stuff like that so gotcha yeah Um, well congratulations at least someone is doing something (laughs) yes but i have all the faith that you will get this bill paid so (laughs) i do too yes the simplest thing that i could possibly assign myself and to put this into perspective though this bill um i went to the er like over two months ago and um my insurance didn't go through so i like Uh had to get this new bill and the bill has been here for maybe a month now the link uh, nobody wants to pay a bill though and all i just i honestly just forgot about it like i was like oh i gotta pay this bill and then i mm. set it down and then it was in this pile <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> and now it's haunting you yeah. um just to put into perspective we're talking about having just one job for this week Jeanette McCurdy used to have like what felt like 700,000 jobs in a week because she would go to an audition. Not by her choice, yeah, by her mother's choice. Right. She would go to an audition and have to automatically pick up whatever she like fucked up at that audition. So you couldn't pogo stick this time. You're going to be a pogo stick mastermind next time. Yeah, it's like whatever skill, yeah. whatever audition required, she was taking multiple classes a week trying to learn. It's a good transition back into yeah. our topic here. Yeah. So we're actually super lucky that we even got our our hands on this book as early as we did um my oh, yeah yeah Let my friend that. yeah my friend just recently got her a copy and she has been looking every day for a while yeah, so, so Jeanette McCurdy just released this book like early August um I stumbled upon it in maybe a week after it was released which is like so lucky um and I actually like I saw a TikTok about it the night before I found it in Barnes Noble and I was just like I tend to like just see things that are was like oh my TikTok God. the inspiration for buying this book yeah I think so okay. like I don't even remember what the content <laughs> or the message was it was just kind of like the essence of the book and I was like okay. oh this is like right up my alley I gotta read this at some point and so I jotted it down in like my phone notes mm-hmm. and I do that a lot and then I will never <laughs> check it again but um <laughs> my sister Mackenzie and her girlfriend were in town and they were like oh do you want to go to Barnes and Noble real quick so I just was there and then um I saw like not direct family member but family member I don't see often actually work at Barnes and Noble unpacking like this box of books I just like walked up to her and was like talking to her and then I realized it was this book that I just saw (laughs) on TikTok the night before I was like oh my god like (laughs) how lucky of me right now and she's like yeah like actually though because this has been selling out right every time we get a new box so snatch it up or else it'll be gone i was like all right uh, i will all right, one of them's mine and then, then i immediately sent gabby a picture and i was like we have to talk about this on the podcast because mm-hmm. it's like everything that we want to do with jeanette does in this book um so do you want to talk about but, um oh yeah that's just why i was <laughs> they're just painting a picture but it was sold out i guess like we said before we don't want to dissuade you from reading it yourself we're just talking about our own takeaways and Jeanette does such like a great job of just like her writing is so unique in this book yeah. we just want to like briefly touch on why you might want to read it and what we're not going to offer you mm-hmm. like in this episode right so what did we agree that we liked that Gabby? we liked yeah so first of all and this the, is like non-plot stuff. yeah so the aesthetic of the cover is just like chef's kiss wonderful beautifully done she is 
like <laughs> amazing never been done before yeah like, <laughs> you know? she's straight up smiling with an urn that has confetti sparkly somewhat confetti coming out of it, <laughs> I didn't notice it was and sparkly. all pink drenched in pink urn pink and i think this is because her her favorite color was pink when she was younger and she wanted to change it and her mom did not want her to change her color mm. and i think that's a testament to it so i think it's like a here's your pink mom front cover center um it's so badass yeah and then not and only that posing like all smug right so not only is it like a literal fuck you without saying it but then her title, the title. is legitimately yeah. i'm glad my mom died which it we feels like you allowed to say that intriguing title yeah. see um, our last episode did you poop no. <laughs> i know i know <laughs> be bold people be be bold. Bold. fortune favors the bold um so yeah not only that but also short chapters like i said haven't read a book in a while i know that's something you and i both agreed on highly we loved the short chapters yes it's very rewarding as a reader as a slow reader like myself yes yeah, <laughs> like be able to turn pages fast just a small thing but honestly it just and she also literally tells a different story in each chapter it's not like mm-hmm. she drags on the story for like 10 chapters it's right every it's, single chapter a new thing mm-hmm, the um, hard-hitting details a nice hook in each one yeah and i Amazing. think um her writing style in it yeah, like, super important to know yeah like the short chapters she just gets like right to the point but it's number one i love to say this bdad before deb after deb <laughs> love <laughs> um, i don't actually know i do remember that now that you <laughs> so it's written before deb is the mom yeah before her mom dies after her mom dies <laughs> um so it's easy to follow yeah. yeah and then she straight up just talks to you like she is that child she says mommy she says like she just makes you feel like you oh, are yeah, that like, kid let me okay so i think for me i read books maybe a little bit more frequently than gabby but not mm-hmm. super often i like literally could not put this book down um i read it in maybe like three to four sittings and it was the type of really good that was like it was super emotional and heavy, but I couldn't look away type of thing. So the writing style especially was like a huge contributor to that because literally in the before, especially when she's little, um, obviously like is fully aware of her mom's abuse now, but the way that she writes is like you are looking through the lens that Jeanette looked at when she was experiencing right. yeah, that like point you feel in like time you're going through it with you, her right and she writes like as if she is still like the innocent however mm-hmm. six-year-old eight-year-old right. that she was at that time like she will literally say like oh well like mommy wouldn't mean to hurt my feelings like she literally right. writes like that and it's the innocence of it like kills you because it's so oh, awkward yeah you know? it, yes i think and awkward sad, yeah. i think awkward is maybe a really good way to describe it 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 is just so i don't know it's so weird it's so weird um very unique yes but like we said before like the briefness of the chapters another thing that she does super briefly which i love is when she meets her quote unquote new dad um which we'll kind of explain a little bit after you always want to know key questions when someone meets someone new or that hasn't been in their life like did he know about you? Why didn't he try to see you? How long has he known? All of these things run through your head and she literally doop, doop, doop tells you. 
Like I loved that. There's yeah, no questioning. Leave you hanging with anything. Yeah. yeah. It's like thanks for letting me know. We can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think we're ready now. Um we said before we're each gonna talk about our main takeaways and then like what kind of illustrated that in the book that like drew us to that conclusion. Yeah, so I'll start. Um I think my like main takeaway from this book, like what I'm going to keep with me is like, oh, I learned that in this book is that like, even though it's really, really scary to fully like embrace who you are sometimes, uh, learn about yourself, like maybe you're in fear of looking stupid or just failing or not getting maybe the support you need. Like this memoir is a prime example of the fact that like it's more scary to like get to the end of your life or whenever it is in your life like for example Jeanette is about like 20 something Mm -hmm. um and realize you don't know who you are and you've been living up to like other people's expectations of you up until this point your entire life Mm -hmm. and you just don't want to live that regret um and I think like a kind of secondary lesson to that is like it's even though it's not your fault like what environment you grew up in or maybe the abuse you have received um it is your responsibility to recognize that and like move forward and not let it weigh you down or use it as an excuse um so like this book like i feel like the press has kind of illustrated it as maybe Jeanette's i don't know reason why she felt the need to explain herself about not wanting to do the iCarly reboot or maybe she wanted to clear up her beef with Ariana Grande when they like they had their own show together after iCarly like to me like that's like not the reason why this was interesting or really even the main part of the book like this was a story about Jeanette finding herself outside of her mother's control because her mom controlled who she was up until her last breath basically Jeanette literally says and I like how she illustrates kind of what I just said by saying like things were black and white when her mother was alive because her opinion literally just dictated whether something was good or bad um and like what action she would take and so it was like it was either her mom's opinion or it was wrong literally yeah (laughs) um and let me let me get into that so and not only with Jeanette like this woman was freaking insane. So mm-hmm. Jeanette wastes no time when she is a little girl, like in this is like maybe the tenth page of the book. And I knew it was gonna be good at this page, <laughs> this point in the book. You always like, bring this up. <laughs> I always I bring it. this up. Um, it's gonna stick with me is that Jeanette's dad gets home like, I don't know, an hour or so late from work, and Jeanette's mom I should just say Deb. Deb gets so upset that she pulls a knife out in front of her little Jeanette and like six-year-old little daughter Mm -hmm. to the point where Jeanette doesn't, I mean, you know that this is not like a rare occurrence because Jeanette literally just like doesn't freak out, just focuses on calming her mom down and letting her mom know that mommy, like I'm on your side. She's literally the chill mediator. Yeah, she's like trying to like, calm this fight down oh my <laughs> like, god what the fuck toxic then, at its finest meanwhile the dad is screaming like you know you need help you're gonna hurt the kids and she's like i don't need help you need help <laughs> <laughs> like so at no point in this fucking book does this woman admit 
to being in the wrong right like, ever like it's insane <laughs> which i just want to bring this up real quick i forgot about that and maybe that is a testament to how she writes because yeah. it was just like oh whatever <laughs> like this is something that happens so happy was like yeah nbd i was like oh dang <laughs> i forgot who knew um okay so the next point that i just want to really like paint this picture that Jeanette painted in my mind of the control that her mother had over her so the mom had cancer that's important to know like Jeanette's whole life kind of drilled into Jeanette to like play I'm sorry if you're going to talk about this later but I just felt the need to bring it up like go for it um she drilled into Jeanette's head that it was perfectly acceptable to use like the cancer card Mm -hmm. to get out of things just completely and also kind of manipulated the whole family into feeling sorry for their mom to kind of like center i'm not center like feel bad for their mom make the mom the priority like the savior of the family kind Mm -hmm. of like i don't know how to say it but anyway (laughs) it has been drilled into Jeanette's head to think about cancer from a very young age and one day she wakes up and she feels a lump in her boob and she's like oh my god like i have cancer basically she goes to her mom and her mom's like oh like you're just growing boobs she's growing (laughs) boobs and Jeanette's mom literally like leans in like and Jeanette says oh I knew that she was about to tell me something that was going to be like our little secret and she literally is like yeah like you know I know how to offset puberty so you can stay like my little girl basically um and she teaches her calorie restriction, like her own mother teaches her anorexia, basically. Right. But then what really hit home for me is, you know, obviously Jeanette has never even heard of anorexia. Or maybe that's not obvious, but she hasn't. And she's at the doctor and the doctor pulls her mother outside of the room. And Jeanette can hear the conversation happening outside of the door. And the doctor wants to bring it to the attention of Deb that Jeanette is like very like low weight. She basically says like, you know, she's literally just showing signs of anorexia. That's the first time that Jeanette has heard the word anorexia. And her mom straight up says, oh, I don't know anything about that. Like, even though she's literally like direct packed. Yeah, it's they're packed. Like she is the one responsible for Jeanette's decisions to not eat not eat basically and the crazy part too is not only was that because she has some obsession with her just staying like her little girl like you have to be young forever yeah but Jeanette was getting jobs playing a young person so she was thinking well you have to stay young forever because i have to get these young jobs so it it came down to money too which is so sick like yeah oh and because she, did you say she was the only girl and she was yeah. the youngest? Yeah. Um, as well as like, I mean, just getting into acting. Um, Jeanette's mom did that because she can never be an actress. Right. She was like, oh, like, I'll let you live out my dream. How mm-hmm. lucky are you? She was projecting it all onto her. Oh my God, yeah. And um, a dream that Jeanette did not want. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of where that acting part of it came in is you know, you get to live out my dream. But I think it's important to say too, is like, did Jeanette ever say that, like voice to her mom that she didn't want to do acting? And the answer is yes. And like, this will also stick with me is that Jeanette was in the car 
when she brings it up and her mom literally just starts crying like going crazy kind of implies that how dare like you do this to me like you this is what you wanted we've worked so hard for this like we and kind of implies that she's putting them into danger like i got the impression that she was literally gonna like drive into oncoming oh, traffic no 100 percent. that's exactly what i thought yeah and insane and um jeanette you know obviously terrified is like oh like just kidding mommy like i don't know what i was thinking essentially and she just like snap mm-hmm. fine this like smiles and jeanette's like damn like i guess i'm not the only good actress here right like Must how have got it from my mom <laughs> anyway oh gosh um, yes that was baffling that did hit me because that's the first thing that i thought of was is she just gonna straight up drive into another car like literally off a or something <laughs> i'm laughing but it's i'm laughing because it's painful to think about oh my god yeah um and because jeanette like couldn't really make decisions for herself like her mom and like i already said her mom kind of dictated what was either good or bad and it was very black and white um the other eating disorder that jeanette has had was bulimia and she basically got that because in the mentality of her mom like wanting her to be thin even when she was away from her mom and she kind of discovered like that food was good she would like purge her food because she just felt so guilty because of it and when she was struggling with that that like because it quickly consumed her life because she thought it was like really great at first that she could quote unquote like, like i can eat have all the best of both this. Word, yeah world. and then yep yeah um it was still kind of like a sense of control for her like that she could control like whether she either wanted to be bulimic or anorexic and it was like she very much just like had this very black and white kind of just lens on life yeah it's really hard to deal with your issues because a lot of the times you are obviously not responsible for what you've been through Mm -hmm. and i recognize that and i think a really good illustration of that that is going to stick with me because thank god like i personally don't have any experience with eating disorders um which by the way she should have definitely put a trigger warning. Oh my gosh, a hundred percent. Because she explains things in ways that was just like I felt, I felt like, like I was, I was living it. I yeah. felt like I was purging with her. I felt like I was binge eating with her. I felt like everything she was doing, I was doing, and it was just baffling. Yeah, I, she. I mean, knowing that she was triggered so easily by mm-hmm. things, I think she should have definitely known to put a trigger warning. But anyway, that's a, that's a. Different if you ever need to have a talk. clear explanation on what it's like this book has it for you (laughs) just putting that out there um but anyway so uh, because i didn't understand that i felt very like enlightened on maybe what it's like for people that are going through this type of thing but especially like she has this description of i believe it's like a a food or food (laughs) an eating disorder kind of like coach specifically or like therapist Mm. that just specializes in eating disorders but um she goes through you know like what this therapist has assigned to her like how to work through her anxiety when she you know even just like tries to eat and like the way that she describes just like literally bawling because she is so nervous and just anxious looking at her meal which happens to be like spaghetti 
like the anxiety that she feels is insane and she does like an amazing job explaining that so it's like this is so hard for her but in the end like it's worth it you know like i think that is the message um but I, yeah i think that's everything that i wanted to say for my overall takeaway yeah so do you want to move into your yeah. and then we also have um uh, key takeaways like, that we want to talk about that are both right. like are really important to both of us i mean yeah so. overall some of the things that stuck with me um and one of the key things that she said that i just can't get out of my head is um imagine having to do something or being forced to do something or making a weird decision at a young age and that sticks with you the rest of your life like and that's your identity right like that's what you're known that for. just should not represent who you are as an adult you are allowed to change you're allowed to shut doors you're allowed to say no to things that don't align with your energy you're allowed to shift your energies like you are allowed to be in control of your life and i know that she did not know that until later but you have the right to just choose and make decisions and um one of the big things that she also said was her filter now is mental health first like does this serve me as a human and i think that is amazing and i think you have to choose your filters choose them wisely and then stay super true to them and i think um for me it was a little confusing when you said filter yeah. um we talked about this before but um you mean like when you're trying to decide yeah. if you want to do something in life like okay. what is your priority yeah. that you have to consider yeah. if it's yeah. meeting your priority yeah. right yeah exactly rather yeah rather it's like yeah, if it's switching your job, if it's I don't know, buying an apart buying a house or a relationship, whatever it is, the first thing that you think of that's like, okay, she thinks, is this serving me? Is this good for me? And that's just one of her priorities amongst other things but it's just realizing what yours is and everyone's is going to be different some people's might be money some people's might be an animal or whatever it may be there's nothing wrong with anything that you prioritize it's just that if you're if you're unaware what your priorities are right then you're not going to be happy right and just know your worth in those priorities you know what yeah. i mean um and then the other thing is just because you can relate to some of the things or situations, that doesn't mean the person you're thinking about or the situation that you're in means that you're in the same exact situation or you are Jeanette's mother or dealing with Jeanette's mother. It just means you can relate in some way and it hit home for you. And that one thing or circumstance does not define an entire being um so i think that's just important because some of the things that hit for me with that was like her mom yelling at her father saying like it's your fault that we have to depend on a child for money because you don't have a yeah. real job and i know there i know there's people that say that now i a hundred percent i know there's people that are like well this person has to have two jobs because this person is a lazy fuck like you know yeah. that's out there people in everyday just want to blame other people at all costs instead of like we said earlier like deb didn't want to take any responsibility for anything right. other than playing right. the cancer card exactly, <laughs> then she exactly. Was so it's just 
I read that and I was like, oh, dang, I see that really a little bit. Like not me personally, but it's like you just know that like those things are said and though that stuck with her. She knew exactly what her mom said. So right. it just goes to show that sometimes things come out and you don't realize that those are going to stay with your child forever. Mm-hmm. They're young. They cherish you. You're everything that they know. It's like, why would they ever think badly of you or what you're saying you know what i mean Mm -hmm. and they're going to love everything that you're saying and being Um, a mom that must be really hard oh yeah like i could only imagine like luca being this little being and depending on him because she's super super young when she starts depending on Jeanette for literally everything Mm -hmm. um so she was like super super young when she started the entire family kind of started depending on her for like all of this money. Um, I remember one time she sends her thing. It's like she hadn't talked to her in a while. She's like, BGW, we need a new fridge. Like, yeah. <laughs> babbling. So um, not only did she depend on Jeanette for pretty much everything, like best friends did everything together. She wanted Jeanette to, like you said before, she threw that pity party for herself all the time. And, and not and so that, there was no way that Jeanette could escape it without feeling like a, a piece of shit, basically. Right, exactly. And it was because little things like, you have, you have to let me park here. I have stage four cancer. Well, when you go into the audition, let them know I have stage four cancer. And it's, she's literally pushing it on Jeanette that like, you have to let them know because that is going to make you win that is going to make you succeed and that's so fucking sickening like and she was in remission for a lot of it she was in remission for a lot of that time that she was forcing her to do that so i feel like most of the time yeah so it's just you see that on a regular basis just with little things not even things like that like someone's brains are like well i can't i can't pick up the phone because my ankle's swollen it's like stuff like that where you literally use it for absolutely everything and it's like okay let it go (laughs) so um that was just one of like the ways that her mother had like this hold on her um but also a way that just normal people can kind of relate to how Jeanette was feeling almost um so one of the other ways that Jeanette's mom which this was so shocking for me was Jeanette gets an apartment and she's finally thinking okay this is a little bit of freedom for my mom which would probably have helped her so so much right and she was like this is it like I can finally have like some control something and no her mom says was it her first? I think it was. Place, I think it was her I don't first official. Yeah, maybe a first official. She was kind of like jumping around a lot, just traveling, like doing maybe right, acting right, right. gigs. But this but was like hers. Like hers. Like yeah, she yeah, had yeah. to go Sorry. there. Yeah. So her mom says, like, well, I'll just stay overnight because I don't have treatment tomorrow. And Jeanette, because I'll miss you says, so much, I have to stay overnight. Don't you want yes. your mom to stay overnight? right like pitied like oh my god like you don't love me enough to let me stay so obviously Jeanette's like okay yeah you can stay and in her head she automatically knows my mom's living with me and then it's like whoa like okay that's a little dramatic but I was thinking that exactly I was like oh my god like 
come on, there's no way. And sure as fucking shit, <laughs> my mom starts living with her. I was, I was shocked. Yeah. I mean, I shouldn't have been, but I really was. I did not see that coming at all. Me neither. Um, yeah. So not only does she like have this apartment with now her mother, but then she buys a home simply for her mom. And this is just shows kind of the constant circle that Jeanette went through with dealing with her mom on a regular basis. And like the choices that she's making is based solely on what her mom wants her to do. So Jeanette gets this apartment, finally feels like she might be free. Mom moves in and then she buys a house because a house is a good investment. And her mom told her that she should buy a house because this investment will make you money and in the end it will make us money. So it just always everything that like every decision she makes, everything she goes through is for her mom. And it was just this constant cycle of mom investment money, mom investment money. Mm -hmm. And it all led back to money. So it was just a sick hold, but also like a hold that we're also kind of some of us all get into is just, just having like a fixed mindset you mean like not challenging maybe some beliefs mm -hmm. yeah like this is how it is because this is how it is yes yes yes, yes. so like mm -hmm. fixed mindset versus growth mindset kind of like exactly. kind of like what i was saying before like you have to realize you know that you have to take accountability for like getting better like right like you're your you're a product of your environment but you don't have to allow that to be who you are for the rest of yeah your life. and i think some people that are listening don't even know like what we're talking about like that there are beliefs that you have that are making decisions for you that are like you know so embedded in you that you don't think to challenge them or like where they came right. from right yeah. you're like that's just how it is exactly for sure um, and one of the things that really, really, really stuck with me that kind of aligned with me for some reason was there was a nurse when Jeanette's mother is dying on her deathbed that says, you look like Sam Puckett from iCarly. Are you her? She said she denies it. Yeah. The nurse goes being recognized yeah. for sam as we said before she doesn't like being recognized for that role because she wasn't proud of it right it something so, she wanted to do right so she keeps telling her like no you look exactly like her you look exactly even if you aren't her can i get a picture with you how awful you call yourself a healer <laughs> like a right, exactly like not only that your her mother is dying she's adamantly saying no to this so what I love is that if people do not know her by Jeanette, she does not respond. I fucking love that because how powerful. It might be important to note, like, I mean, before this memoir, I kind of, I knew that Jeanette wasn't enthused with her role on iCarly. I think that kind of had leaked out. It might have seemed like she wasn't appreciative of her fame, her success. And, you know, like seeing fans out in public, 
it's kind of rude to just dismiss them like that even if like they're trying to acknowledge you for good work right. that you did but it's like know me for who i am yes because but now this thing- makes sense when she explains it like this like right. good for her kind of thing you know and that's what i mean the thing is is she is not she's not sam puckett she is jeanette mccurdy playing sam puckett mm-hmm. it's just we have a tendency of loving a show and thinking that that actor or actress is that person um gray's anatomy ellen pompeo she is not like she is meredith gray she plays meredith gray but she is not meredith gray right and people will maybe get mad at ellen pompeo for doing this that and that on the show like no, these people are playing people. This reference for you, even though you oh, don't know what I'm God. talking about. Love it. In our pilot, if you don't know what we're talking about, I talked about, or I tried to make a connection to The Office, and Gabby said yeah. she didn't like The Office. Don't love but, um, them, so. There's this, like, main couple, Jim and Pam, basically, that, like, they have such, like, a, you know, cute relationship that people get pissed if, like, they see these actors, like, with their oh, other... Oh, like, with their significant yeah. others? Because yeah. think you're cheating. <laughs> right, no. Including me. No, <laughs> that's exactly the case, oh, though. Yeah. And I, I totally understand it to an extent. But it's just for her, like you said, when she... When you know she's not super proud of it, and then she literally, like now is only seen as sam puckett or whatever like that's kind of a big fuck you because she's also done other work as well and that's not number one she did not want to be an actor actress she also was supposed to be a director on when she was with um ariana grande on that show a show that she she went on that she was promised to have her own show and be like a director in it as well um when iCarly was finishing up and that was kind of like why she kept going with iCarly because she had that promise um and then you know of course the show turned out to be her and Ariana Grande and then they kind of barely showed up excuses for Ariana Grande that she didn't get and she didn't get that opportunity to direct after all and so on and so forth she doesn't even want to be known as actor actress like she loves to be like wants to be a director wants to be a writer stuff like that so then to only be known as the one role or the one thing that you don't even want to be known for no one knows your real name it's just fucked up like i don't know it's just if someone only knew you if i came to you and said oh hey cla2 it's like knowing someone for their occupation opposed to who they are. Like that's yeah. literally the that's literally the same thing. Right? It's just rude. So whatever. Um but that was just I just thought that was super cool and super powerful. And like you said, if you're like a fan thinking she's trying to just shrug you off and being an asshole, it's like maybe just know her maybe like just know her real fucking name. Right. Like or because I and I want to, like, kind of point this out. People probably all know that, like, I, Carly, her name is Miranda Cosgrove. That's true. Like, so it's just, like, I don't know. Just put that into perspective. Or Ariana Grande. Um, right. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. Um, and ultimately, just a bunch of her relationships in general. Like, she talks about 
her relationship with Miranda was super, super close, um, kind of faded later. And then one of the other relationships that she talks about is like a relationship with this younger guy. Um, and it just makes her realize that like she needs time to focus on herself. Um, and (laughs) it's funny because he is the one ultimately that tells her to go to therapy because he notices that she is bulimic and she has these problems. So she says, okay, I'll go to therapy, whatever. So she goes for him. Yeah. She's like, I love you. I'll go for you. Whatever. I'll do it for you, babe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Literally love you. So she says, okay, yeah, I'll go to therapy. And then they end up like, yeah, sees some improvement, whatever. She ends up going to him with big, huge news. Oh, like Gabby said before. Yeah, her dad is not her yeah, dad. Her mom so she finds takes out takes that to the grave, BT dubs. Literally even to the grave. This dad yeah, that she's so, been screaming at Jeanette's whole life is literally exactly. not even her real dad. <laughs> Has to have twelve jobs to support, but whatever. Um, so she finds out from her dad, the one that raised her. Yeah, that it's that's not her dad she has a a biological dad that she's never met so she is gonna go tell steven this i think that's his name and she's like yeah she says i have big news and he says her her bf at the time i have have bigger news like Like, you should actually go first because mine's she's like no like like, mine's actually like really big steven like you need to go first like this is important like important big news (laughs) can i say okay and he goes he's like all right you know like whatever i'll just i'll just say it then he, he's like i am jesus christ reincarnated jordan loves this i, love I literally laughed out loud like what the actual that she's like my life yeah. could not get any worse right <laughs> like this is a joke but the craziest thing at all is the she had to leave almost immediately after yeah, like catch a taxi catch a plane or or whatever to go and do something the first thing she thinks of is like i need to reach out to his family i should reach out to them and they do end up calling her Mm -hmm. like he gets treatment stuff like that but at the end when he comes back and she's kind of starting to get better he's starting to get better things are just kind of aligning in their life they realize wow this does not serve me anymore this relationship it just will not make it because we have to focus on ourselves and that was the first time i think jeanette really realized like i have to have me better for me and that's also something that i just think is super relatable you just like you can't pour from an empty cup you have to focus on yourself but also it attest to the fact that there are super high functioning like addicts there are super high functioning people with anxiety there's there's people who are high functioning and dealing with life on a regular basis that are fucking going through it oh yeah so i mean those are just like some of the key things that i got from this book that kind of stuck with me and almost i could relate to in a sense and that's why i think it really like hit with me and those things stuck with me because they were like most relatable i think maybe well we still have to talk about our takeaways mm-hmm. that 
we all that we both and agreed I think with. We both, yeah, we both these actually are, yeah. said this was. I mean, at least for me, I think this is the biggest yeah. takeaway. No, for sure. There's actually sure. two points. Um, so uh, number one, who would have thought a fucking packet yeah, would be important? Pamphlet. <laughs> a fucking pamphlet like those did you ever have to make those trifle yes pamphlets in? like i remember doing it in eighth grade <laughs> science class the ones in the fucking clear acrylic thing right when you walk into a doctor's office if you guys don't know what we're talking about they're like ready for you yeah um so what we're talking about is her like kind of second round of therapy when she goes to the eating disorder sort of specialty therapist coach whatever you want to call him um he hands her many pamphlets but the one that kind of stuck with her as well as us um is one that says don't let slips become slides (laughs) who would have thought this was life-changing for me anyway like can i should i explain or do you have something to say first? Oh, oh no, I just do really love the explanation of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but if you would like to explain it. Okay, I'll... No, 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 will you explain her mindset shift from getting out of her eating disorder, and then I'll relate it back to myself. Yeah, okay, so it was interesting because during her therapy sessions, her fixation is becoming is not being bulimic, not being anorexic. How to get out and, of that. Yeah, and the slip, not a slide, she she ends up purging after a while or whatever it may be, if it was a binge, if it was a purge. She stopped doing it for a little while and then she does it. And he says, this doesn't have to be a slide. This is just a slip. This doesn't mean you are bulimic. This means you have bulimic-like tendencies. You are not anorexic. You have anorexic tendencies. And that was something that, number one, was hard for her to adjust to and understand because that means that those words are still in her life. But that does, it's not it doesn't have to consume you. It doesn't have to be who you are. So he was just saying this one purge, this one binge doesn't mean that that's, you have to binge the rest of your life. It just means you binged this once and you don't have to do it again. So the reason that this was so like eye-opening to me is because, I mean, she, she makes a point to say that in order for something to not become a quote-unquote slide, like, you have to let the, like, guilt from slipping kind of drive you to do better, like, keep going. But the second that it becomes, like, uh, shame is when you're going to slide. Mm -hmm. And this resonated with me so much because I tend to be so, like, perfectionistic and kind of have an all-or-nothing mindset So it was like, okay, like, yeah, like maybe, you know, I I have this goal, right? And I tend to like, just think that if I fail one time, you know, like it's done. I'm, I failed, like that's it. But if I am more forgiving with myself and just say, no, like I just messed up this one time, keep going. I'm still on the path to this goal, even though I kind of messed up, like, oh my God, it was just so like, 
validating. <laughs> it was so validating to me. And that will really stick with me. I mean, I think that is something that is not talked about. Yeah, I think one of the things that, um, which I I understand it, but I think it also is kind of daunting when people say, like, Monday sets the tone. If you have a bad Monday or if you wake up late or it didn't go as planned, it makes it feel like almost that's how the rest of your week is going to go. And that's not how it should be because that's bringing you directly down the slide. It's like, let's let this Monday be a slip and we'll start over on Tuesday. So it's just, it resonates with pretty much anything that you're doing in life. You know what I mean? If you really look at it and take it into perspective it's like jordan said don't let it be all or nothing you you fail this one time like it doesn't mean that you're a failure like don't let the word make like define you you know what i mean like a fail doesn't make you a failure like um and one of the other one of the other key things was just like the direct correlation between like money and mental health. Yeah, so making a direct comparison to like a dollar sign of the value of Jeanette's mental health. So let us explain. Um, basically, there was a chance for Jeanette to do an iCarly reboot. And actually, there's two examples. The first, I should say, the scandal kind of coming out with like the creator of iCarly kind of not being such a, a nice a nice guy and Jeanette being offered $300,000 in basically hush money to not say anything publicly and she doesn't take it because it's not worth it to her but um I think the direct comparison that she literally like says in the book is the iCarly reboot opportunity and Miranda Cosgrove her co-worker co-worker her co-star on iCarly calls her up and is like you know like I, I figured you wouldn't do it but like I had to call you anyway and she's like yeah like I cannot do this because no because Miranda says like that, oh you know they would pay you the same as they're paying me like I asked them they they already agreed and she's like no like no amount of money is worth my mental health over this and I'm like how freaking powerful <laughs> like right. I love that. right and that's that filter that I'm talking about it's you go through that one filter first and if that doesn't relate to your energy and what you align with then you can say no and it was funny because she automatically knew why Miranda was calling she knew right off the bat because they hadn't spoken in a little while um and the fact number one that miranda fought for her to get the same amount of money is like just goes to show who she was as a person um but like you said just how powerful to say no in both of those circumstances to an amount of money that is just baffling for anybody and then number two saying no to something that you know like other people would love you know what i mean um or maybe even like criticize her you know like oh well like you could have easily gotten that money it's like it actually wouldn't have been easy for her you know like that is like putting it into perspective with a direct dollar sign amount next to it because and i think we we want to relate this to our own lives because like people tend to judge other people about what they do with their money and i'm not saying like all people are responsible with their money by any means but it's like 
I don't think we should be criticizing people that spend their money on something that genuinely brings them happiness. Like if that is keeping you going, for example, like Gabby will come into work every day with a Starbucks and it's like, okay, does she have enough money for Starbucks, but not X, you know? And it's like, you know, like just mind your business, I guess. Like that is literally like a dollar sign that is worth it to Gabby. Like, because that's just what makes her happy, you know? Like that is like a filter that she she needs yeah no a hundred percent it just it's just literally the small things that you do every day that you don't even think about really anymore but you in your head you're like i have to do this because it's going to make me feel good and it's going to help me get through the day like it doesn't matter what it is and no one knows your whole life and that's also the silly thing about life is people see one thing or see one interaction or see just like observe one thing about you and they'll create an entire life for you and then they all of a sudden know everything um like i talked about in the parenthood episode it's like they find out that your child doesn't sleep through the night and then all of a sudden you're a whole different type of parent it's just that's just what it comes down to um you know and i think that you know a lot of people we're not like financial advisors obviously but a lot of people like obviously saving up is good but people tend to think oh is this worth it like you know i don't deserve this but it's like i don't know life is short like if it, do right if it's happy, gonna make you, know? you feel better and it's not gonna harm anybody else in any way shape or form fucking do it like yeah just do it um <laughs> okay yeah so i think we gotta start wrapping things up so we're gonna do our overall rating do you want to go first oh yeah okay so i've gone back and forth about this rating many many times i think i want to change mine from what i told you before. oh interesting okay i'm curious to know now um i think i am going to make mine a seven okay so I was differing between a seven and an eight. I love a lot of things about this book. It was an easy read, but the fir- it's a shorter book-ish. The first like 80 pages just weren't it for me. I don't know. Again, like I said, maybe it seemed a little boring because she was setting the scene. And I do know that you have to really set the scene, let people know what's up, yada, yada. But... I just felt like it was a little too much, went a little too hardcore on that, and I just was a little bored. I guess maybe I just wanted her to get to the hard-hitting things, but... And also, it was your um, first book in a while. Maybe that was it. Yeah, true. Maybe it just felt like a lot. But I do read these types of books, so Mm -hmm. I don't know. I do, which I think her wittiness in it was cool, so I think maybe if i heard it yeah i think if it was an audiobook yeah. i would have liked it a little so, bit better so it is an audiobook and because it was so like sold out i actually might have actually like i didn't think about this at the time i might have preferred to listen to it because people are saying that it's funny and i mean i don't personally think it was funny but maybe her delivery the way that she delivers yeah it, yeah i it would be different i think for sure, I would have appreciated it in an audiobook better. So, just a general I PSA. That's a suggestion for our listeners. If you're listening and you haven't 
um read it and it might be even hard to get your hands on just go over the audiobook because yeah. i think that would be so in- interesting i mean it's something like special i think when authors read their own work because you know exactly how it was intended uh and there's obviously so much passion behind it so yeah. that's cool um so i'm very curious as to what your overall rating is now okay okay <laughs> i was thinking and i'm like ooh, do i want to change it i spoke too soon but i keep going back and forth between an eight and a nine because i like genuinely can't think of like what is my favorite book and like what makes it better I think just, like, the essence of this and her writing style is just so, like, unmatched. Like, I've never read a book like this before. Like, just her rawness is unbelievable. And I respect her. I stand by her 100%. I think if we could have her on the podcast, then we would. Oh, God, that would be amazing. We'll manifest that right now. (laughs) Um, Like, just the essence of what she's putting out here is everything that we want to bring to you guys on this podcast i think vulnerability telling you sometimes it's kind of rough out there but what can we take from that um that is literally what we want to do here and so i'm like "Mm, maybe i do want to give this a nine like i we were talking about the 0.5 rating right oh yeah maybe 8.5 yeah Yeah, because i was originally a 7.5 and i feel like i'm regretting it giving it a seven a seven founds yeah like so that's what i'm saying is a seven seems so harsh but like i love her you know what i mean so like if Mm -hmm. i if it was her i would give it like a 10 but (laughs) i just so maybe i'm a 7.5 i feel like maybe a seven was too harsh but so what about the book did you not like that made you give it that eight or nine (laughs) um eight nine um okay so I think that basically, like, just the uh, the disclaimer or the lack of disclaimer or like trigger warning, kind of. Oh, that bothers you that much? Weird. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. No, no I like that. Like, I like even that. though I wasn't triggered, I just feel like, what if someone? Because it's just the quote on the front. It says impressively funny. And it's no, like, I. What totally if someone literally just thinks this is like telling off Ariana Grande or something? And they get so triggered, like maybe they're trying to overcome bulimia, you know? Like I, there's no warning. I do totally feel And I just can't stop thinking about I that. I do totally feel that. I totally feel that. Like she does explain it to such complexity that you're like, oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um uh and other than that, there is this one part that kind of bothers me is that her first therapist she goes to, which is of course like is isn't it of course <laughs> the the one that steven makes her go to the yeah the, the girl that she brings to like the banquet or whatever yeah yeah mm-hmm. so her first therapist is a female and she kind of just explains it as like oh my god like thank god like sign me up everything you're saying like i will do this lady is kind of like just a mega supporter of Jeanette. like even brings herself to an event with Jeanette because she knows that there will be food she knows that there will be like many right she's like i'm gonna be there for her in every way shape or form and Jeanette's just like i don't like you anymore by the end of (laughs) right so so what happens is she basically meaning the therapist tells Jeanette you know Jeanette the behavior that you're describing about your mom which is after her mom dies like that is abusive and Jeanette is basically like how like you how like you bitch. dare you how ever dare talk you? about my mother that way yes, like, yes like my mom, woman. yes my mom was like the 
light of my life. She gave me everything. She was my best friend. She gave up she, her life so I could act. <laughs> literally, like, because that is how embedded in Jeanette's brain it was that her mom was God, basically. And she, after that, she just kind of runs out and she never, like, addresses, like, I mean, obviously she knows that her mom's abusive. That's why she was writing this book. But I just think it could have been a little bit more clear, like, okay, by the way, guys, like, I mean, I mean, she has the eating disorder therapist, whatever it is later on that we've been talking about, but she never goes to like this traditional therapy again. So in my mind, it's like, oh, people are going to take away from this that maybe she doesn't. Your therapist is just going to attack the people you love. They're going to pretend to care about you. They don't actually care about you. Whatever it is. I just, it kind of sat a little bit unwell with me that she never went back and said, oh, hey, I texted my therapist or whatever and said you know thank you for bringing that to my attention or you know i only reacted this way because i knew we were right like i don't know right Maybe it was implied but right i mean as a therapist i'm sure she knows that obviously she hit triggers and certain things but like you said it it did she left it off as if like a fuck therapy in this situation almost mm-hmm. but i listened to a podcast that she was on recently and i do know slash found out that she is currently in therapy and so i think that is important for everyone to know it's something that she does currently do and um still like working yeah and one of the things which was funny she said she went recently because she's like turning 30 or something like that and she said how cool is it that i can go to therapy for something as silly as turning 30 instead of like being bulimic or a trauma you know what i mean so yes i remember you telling yeah me that, so i think yeah. that's really really important and i think something that's also really important to state just in general is that if a certain form of therapy doesn't work for you that doesn't mean that therapy in general doesn't it just means that form doesn't or yes, yes if, there are many different yeah ways. and if you don't maybe resonate with a person particularly it doesn't mean that you're not going to resonate with any therapist and like all therapists are bad or it just means and it doesn't mean that therapist is bad it just means that wasn't the therapist for you specifically right. so you move on find something different you know yes. <laughs> oh wait and this is kind of an odd note is like we said we watched iCarly before but it's like it's so strange how now that we know this information like it doesn't really change our opinion of iCarly like the first thing it's still that i want to do when i finish this book is like i need to go see like i'm gonna know now like i'm gonna know that she was miserable but she was such a good actress like you can't tell and it's just like it's kind of mind-blowing i feel like a little fucked up for it but yeah, no, that's kind of how I felt. I like almost felt bad that I liked yes. the show. Because yeah. it was, how could you go through it and be forced into acting and be so fucking <laughs> good? And be a comical like how genius. Desperately, she wanted to impress her mom, though. Oh, yeah, and what she was willing to do. And I'm, this is funny. So in high school, you know, Gibby from the show? Yeah. I had a friend that used to call me Gibby. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so funny. Oh my god, Bailey, if you're listening, love. Yeah, she called me Gibby. I forgot about that. That's funny. Um, But yeah, it just, it doesn't change the fact that it's like a really funny show. And they're like, that the whole cast was phenomenal in it, you know? And she, 
even though acting was not what she wanted, she still got like that relationship with Miranda Cosgrove from it, you know? I mean, there was still a silver lining for her oh, in all for of sure, this. Yeah. Just some of our silver linings one more time, just so this can be cohesive for everyone. Um, So I guess I'll go first because I went first before. Um, Jeanette paints this awesome picture of basically like it's not easy to learn about yourself to be who you are essentially, but not being who you are and just living to impress other people. At the end of the day, you're going to be miserable and it's going to you're going to be worse off and it, it takes strength to do like what she's doing and recognize what trauma you need to overcome but at the end of the day like it's your responsibility to do that and you shouldn't let it weigh you down or use it as an excuse to move on and find the good in your life that you're meant to find yeah and take it from her that she's been through literal fucking hell and didn't know like woke up one day when her mom died and didn't know who she was at 20 whatever it was right and like mid-20s yep Yep. I can't imagine. Oh my God, like I'm still like trying to figure out who I am, and I mean, mm-hmm. I I have nothing on her. And we had the freedom to figure out who we are from a young age, you know. And when right, I don't, right. it's just I couldn't imagine not having that, you know. Um, yeah. So what were your key takeaways? So yeah, I, my key key takeaway was just knowing your filters knowing what to prioritize your in your life and staying true to those things and just choosing things that align with your energy and mm-hmm. just how valuable and important that is to understand yeah for yeah. sure for sure Sorry, no that's it's that. super important i mean it's like my also main point is that, yeah, yeah it just really it's okay to say no. It's okay to have boundaries and stay true to those and hold firm in those and be proud of them. You know what I mean? Like be super proud in those boundaries that you hold because you have them for a reason and there's circumstances and situations that have caused you to have them. And that's cool. You know, we want to kind of every week, like kind of I don't know, like say something or provide like a a point of conversation with you guys. And I think that our question this week is kind of like just kind of knowing what you guys are liking. Um, so um, like I obviously I not obviously if you don't know me, I'm kind of like a self help junkie, and I like the nonfiction genre. I like memoirs. I like anything like that, and that showcases like someone's story that they took the time to write on paper i just think that's really cool why not learn from them but um i read this type of stuff a lot and gabby seemed to enjoy herself so let us know if we should do more episodes like this talking about nonfiction books um but anyway also as stated at the beginning of the episode we are not good at self-plugging ourselves but we want to obviously be accessible to you to reach out if you would care to join us in the, any conversation and we want to make clear where you can reach us so where can they reach yes. us yes so you can find us on instagram at the positive pessimist pod or feel free to send us an email at the positive pessimist pod at gmail.com and also I do enjoy memoirs. Just want to put that out there. So (laughs) send all the good ones our way. Um, And if you didn't know, 
our podcast is currently available on Apple, Spotify, and most recently, Amazon. We are currently working on all of the other platforms, so stay tuned and feel free to leave us a review on any of those platforms, and if you're feeling so kind. We would love to hear your feedback. We're like dying. Oh my gosh, yes. Negative and positive. Because like help us get better, but yes, don't be mad if we're good either. (laughs) And um, what's in the pipeline for next week? Okay, so G Liz is up next. And truly, she is... You have to say No, oh my God. Grandma Liz. I love her. I have to say... It's mine. Yeah, so this is Jordan's grandma, but I have to say G Liz just because she's so fucking cool. Like, I'm just saying. Um, Cooler than both of us combined. Yeah, so... <laughs> never claim to be cool. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, but she is going to talk about her mother growing up in Poland during the Nazis and her witnessing her own mother being shot. So grandma liz's mother witnesses her own mother being shot and so she's going to explain how she got to america and what it was like growing up in a household with just such a dominant and pessimistic mother and yeah so this is my grandma liz um she's gonna go into detail about kind of just like growing up in that type of atmosphere and how she became so like ambitious warm and just like overall positive lady that she is today because that's what i've always seen her as so and this oh the audio also we're kind of backtracking here because this was a interview that we did with only one microphone yeah so bear it was actually before ryan so she gets the credit we did ryan's because of um suicide awareness month we thought it would be more relevant but g liz was actually recorded first yes so shout out to g liz (laughs) not shout out to our audio we're gonna do our best with that sorry guys just bear with us and we love and appreciate everybody that is tuning in yeah thank you so much guys and we'll see you next monday yes Bye. bye bye